G'day, welcome to For the Love of Brick. I'm Greg McDonald, and I love Lego. And if you're listening to this, you probably love Lego as well. In this podcast, I'll be interviewing people from all over the world about their love of Lego and the unique ways in which it features in their lives. Today, I'm interviewing Annie and Runa, two Melbourne-based friends who love Lego and had the awesome opportunity to be on this year's Lego Masters Australia. So sit back and enjoy for the love of brick. Welcome to the podcast, Annie and Runa. Uh, first things first, would you like to tell me a bit about yourselves uh, and how about you introduce each other? Yeah, Let's we can do, do that. that. Okay, yeah, cool. give that a crack. So this is Runa and she is a magnificent scientist super brain that is also insanely talented at building Lego. Nice. Thank you, Annie. You're welcome. And this is Annie. She's an awesome tea leaf reader and she has amazing ideas and storytelling ideas and it's been fantastic working with her. Excellent. So we know you from Lego Masters. Were you building together before you went on Lego Masters? No. First time Rune and I actually built together was during the audition process. So we could both build and we knew that we could both build, but we hadn't tried it out in unison or yep. with a single idea. So, you know, we showed each other our stuff and what we could do. And then when it got to that audition, we tried to build and we nailed it. Yes, so, you did. Yeah, it was, a, it was a fun thing. I think learning that um, together me and Annie could come up with some awesome ideas and really bounce our ideas off each other. Yes, I remember seeing you there because I was there too. Um, and my friend and I, we'd never built together either. Actually, we did once and it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a tricky thing trying to build with another person. Yeah. So. There were some pretty amazing builds in our audition. Yeah, there were. There were. I was, yeah, I was like, oh, that's, that's sick. Um, how did you two meet? We met through the Melbourne Lego group. Yep. And Brick Mugs. Yeah. Yep. We met through Mugs. And it's, it's a Melbourne Lego user group based in Preston yes. in Melbourne. And they have monthly meetings and they also run Brickvention, which is Australia's premier Lego fan convention in January each year. Oh, okay. And Runa, you won the best in show at Brickvention for your Crystal Fox? Yep. Last year, I managed to get the best in show for my Crystal Fox model, which surprised me because, you know, I didn't really build it with the idea of winning anything. I just kind of used it for my brain tumor surgery recovery. And so that was a very interesting experience and that was something that really helped me and Annie, um, I guess, decide to do the Lego Masters. Yep, sure did. And it was amazing. Your Crystal Fox was amazing. It was a really fun <laughs> model to build. I love when all of the news crews showed up to film you and you were like, no, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, the news crews, they tried to interview me and then they kept coming back and being like, are you sure you don't want to do it? Are you sure you don't want to do it? And I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> and then you just happened to go on national television, and, you know. <laughs> I don't want to be on TV. Um yeah, that was a really sick build. I remember seeing that because that was the first year I actually went to Brickvention. And oh, yeah. like I'd been building for a little bit before then, but I pulled my finger out and decided to go. And yeah, I remember seeing it and I was like, that's, and my wife was, yeah, she was thoroughly impressed with it too because she 
loves uh, The Last Jedi. Like, yeah, uh, yep. that's her favorite. Like, as in, she's like, there has been no other Star Wars movies after that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, and. So that did help you with your brain, like uh, recovering from your brain tumor and so forth. Like, how? Yes. Did, who who suggested Lego? Like, how did that how did that come about? Well, I'd been into Lego for just a couple of years before my brain tumor surgery, and I guess after I came out of the recovery, I because my tumor was right behind my eye. Yeah, I had to kind of refocus my eyes and kind of train my brain to focus again. And because I'd been building a few Lego models in the past, I tried to, I guess, retrain my eyes and my focus using Lego building because it was something that I found was really fun and something I could do for a little while and then come back to later. And, yeah, it was a really important part of my recovery. Did you find following the instructions helpful or are you more you like to just free build? Yeah, I, I was not following any instructions. I was just trying to use my mind to create my own model, which was the Crystal Fox model. Yep. See, that's cool because um, I love building sets, but I don't like the instructions. It actually stressed. I've talked about this before, but it just stresses me out. Like I like actually free building. And so yeah, I was just, just wondering. Yeah. I don't mind some sets, but I do find the problem solving of trying to create your own idea to be a lot more fun and challenging yep. than just following some instructions. <laughs> but you do learn a lot of new techniques by looking at new sets and how they've constructed things. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty much why I do the new set. I'm like, just for the techniques. And you, Annie, what got you back into Lego? I I used Lego as rehab as well. So... For me, it was about instructions and having the ability to read off instructions and follow them step by step that retrained my brain how to read and write. Um, because when I had my brain infection, I was having seizures every two weeks that would kind of take over my body and it was like being hit by a truck, but it would wipe my memory every single time. So I suffered about three years worth of memory loss. And in that time, I, I lost a lot of really basic skills. So the suggestion was to read instructions and build Lego because it was connecting my brain with my hands again and helping me retrain in like basic reading and writing. Um, so, yeah, Lego instructions were really important for me then. <laughs> and I started, I started collecting way too much Lego and I got police stations and Harry Potter sets and fire brigades and all of these things that I really just didn't need. And now I have so much Lego that I don't know where to store it. <laughs> it's an issue, I think. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, like my wife's mother, my mother-in-law, because, um, you know, they're like, oh, it's a kid's toy, blah, blah, blah. What are you doing? Yeah. And then, oh, no, <laughs> no. Uh, they're Vietnamese, they're very blunt. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> when you guys have another kid, it's like, oh, we're having another kid, are we? Where are you going to store? Where's Greg going to go? Because he's in the spare room. And it's like, well, I get kicked out to the garage. <laughs> Lego in the garage, definitely. But it is, it is, a, it is a first Lego world problem, storage. Yeah, yeah it is. But then when you've got so much Lego, it does lead way to the whole free building thing because I hadn't really done any free building at all until, you know, I met yeah. Runa. So... It's useful to have all the parts. <laughs> it's good if you've got a lot. 
because then you can break it down and start to see things and become a master builder like Emmett in the movies where you click bits together and create stuff. Yeah, I guess that was something that was really cool about the brick pit is that compared to, you know, if you've only got a small tub of Lego at home, you're kind of, you know, you're limited to what you can do with the pieces, whereas with the brick pit, there's so many pieces that you could use your ideas and create your ideas rather than just trying to figure out what you can do with a pile of Lego. So. Mm-hmm. Cook with what you got at home. Yeah, <laughs> I know that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the amount of times I'm like, I could do this. Like, even a few of my creations, people are like, oh, you could do this. And I'm like, I don't have the part. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, Parts are so important. Yes. <laughs> um, and do you find, because um, I spoke to Carla a few weeks about this, um, having so much Lego, do you build something and then you're like, you remember a piece or you come across a piece and you're like, oh, that would have been so helpful. Or do you sort of know what you got and you're like, I'm I'm all over this? Well, I have a kind of photographic memory. So I can tell you where literally every piece of Lego in my house is, even though it's in like giant plastic bags and tubs. So I know where every single piece is. Like I know where every single item of my children's things are. It's one of those mum abilities, right? You just, you know where everything is at all times. So when it comes to Lego bits, I know every piece I have, how many I have and where they are. Are you the same, Runa? Well, not so much. My Lego collection is not as big as Annie's. And I've basically only, um, my Lego collection is the pieces that I've bought to build my mocks. Yep. So my own creations. Um, So... You know, I don't have a lot of spare Lego hanging around, so I kind of, I guess, trawl through websites like Bricklink and figure out what pieces I need. Ah, so like that. So, do you design in the computer first, or like, do you just go, I, I know, I need these bricks. I am going to go on Bricklink and buy them because I've done that and it didn't work out. <laughs> Look, uh, there's so many Lego pieces, and actually, even just recently, like Lego has brought out so many extra pieces that have just never existed like all of the curved pieces and slopes and things like that so the things you can build and they're so cool yeah so like the things you can build now compared to what you could build a couple of years ago you know it's just such a huge leap forwards in terms of being able to create more organic structures and things yep but yeah i just you know i'll try and search through bricklink to see what colors are available what pieces are available and they just piece it together yep Wow, better than me. <laughs> I I I went and I just ordered. I went, yes, that that will work, and no, it didn't. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the tricky thing. Sometimes you think a piece will work well for what you want it to do, and then you actually get it in front of you, and you realise that it doesn't quite work, or it doesn't quite look how you imagined it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm scared of Bricklink because I would spend too much money. I don't want to go on Bricklink because it would just cost me a fortune. So I'm just going to stay yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> if you got the bricks. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm the same. I try and stay away from it. Um, so you're both involved with the organization Yellow Ladybugs. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that and what your roles are? I, I've roped Runa into the Yellow Ladybugs. <laughs> <laughs> so your role is roper up. Yeah. The Yellow Ladybugs are an awesome girls' charity um, in Mel- based in Melbourne, but now I believe they're national and even further than that too, um, that 
work with girls on the autism spectrum predominantly, although anybody can associate and be a yellow ladybug, just because um, the rate of diagnosis in girls is a lot less and the symptoms and, and signs are a lot, they're, they're quite different. So there, there needs to be extra support in certain places and the yellow ladybugs have stepped in there to do a brilliant job. And I've known about them for years and years and they've been around five years now. Okay. They just hit their, their fifth birthday. Yeah. We've worked with them at Prevention before. And just recently, they asked Runa and I to do a video chat uh, on Zoom with 100 of their girls. And we had this ridiculously awesome experience of all of these yellow ladybugs screaming at us in chat <laughs> with excitement and showing us their Lego models and asking us amazing questions. And it's just nice to be able to demonstrate really cool skills with Lego for people that really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. It's really helpful in the, in the autism universe. So. Yeah. And it feels amazing to know that we can inspire young girls to build with Lego. Well, that's it. It's, it's good that, you know, um, Lego has sort of, aimed themselves towards girls as well um like you know with the friends and everything like that even though my wife's like they can still build with the boys things and i'm like that's it exactly lego that's is for everyone exactly. Greg. lego is for yes, everyone it is. we just sometimes we just have preferences for different colors yeah. and shapes and things and it's good that they're covering all that's bases exactly. because lego is an artistic medium it's not a toy yes, <laughs> the medium of creation I think this kind of touches on something that's quite interesting for me and potentially yep. why I didn't get into Lego as a young girl is because I'm not a girly girl and particularly as a kid, I didn't want to associate with anything girly. And I think at that point in time in the 90s, Lego for girls was extremely girly. So there was the, um, a lot of jewellery things and I think the Belleville was kind of in part of that era as well and it just went right over the top of my head. But nowadays, the whole Lego thing, they're really promoting it for boys and girls equally. And, yeah. you know, they're happy when boys are into the girly stuff and girls are into the boy stuff, you know, inverted commas, boys and girls toys. So, I love, I love that gender is irrelevant in this toy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's really... Age doesn't matter. Gender doesn't matter. Yeah. Creativity is for anyone and engineering skills is for anyone. Oh, yeah. Unless you're a terrible engineer. <laughs> You're a terrible engineer. <laughs> That's why Runa is my strength in engineering. <laughs> engineering is a bit of practice because it's not always intuitive. And that's where Lego is really good because it can help, you know, get a little bit more intuition on how things work together. Oh, yeah. Well, mm. even technic, like, you know, like just the gearing and everything like that. Like I, before I started Lego, it wasn't cars. I'm like, cars, whatever. Mm. <laughs> Now I'm still like cars, whatever, but you know how gears and stuff work and you're like, oh, okay, I can gear down. Oh, sweet. Oh, what's yeah, that? Yeah. Lego's a really good start for that type of stuff. Um, I still don't know how to do it properly. Yeah. I haven't had much experience with technique. So it's hard when you've only got like one or two gears from a set. Because really being able to get a hand of Lego technique, you need quite a fair few gears to really start making good mechanism. Yeah. We need to get in on the Lego education, Maria. Get us some Lego education sets. Yes. That would Lego League. That's Yeah. yeah. We need Summer and Iona. 
Oh, yes. that's right. They did Lego League, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. They're robotics nerds. It's awesome. <laughs> Actually, I, I saw in your Cheap Jokes interview that you would have loved one of the challenges to be um, like Robot Wars. Yes. <laughs> Are you yeah, both I think we all secretly want we were... robots. We desperately we wanted to build robots and then smash them up because how cool would that be and we had ipads it would have been amazing <laughs> robot wars love it to death uh, it's it's good um and talking about the show i did like your world turtle uh <laughs> no, thank you fan of the world turtles um so whose idea was that or was it like just a combined and i i know uh Terry Pratchett was probably a little bit of an inspiration, I'm assuming. Like the squirrel. Yeah, well, I kind of, I guess, pushed the turtle idea for me because when we were, um, you know, selecting our islands and then trying to come up with this whole new world idea, the shape of our island already kind of looked a little bit turtly to me. And so I kind of started thinking about a lot of the creation myths to do with turtles and tortoises and, you know, Terry Pratchett is... A very famous example of taking a lot of these creation myths from you know ancient cultures and civilizations and actually turning it into a pop culture thing yep and so to me it was kind of a great um, idea to move with considering there was a volcano exploding behind us and we needed to get out yeah yeah symbolically Rena nailed that concept and then we just ran with yeah. it because it was so good yeah. like how could you not Turn it into a giant turtle, majestic creature swimming away from destruction. <laughs> yeah. And then Annie really helped with building some of the ideas around the world as well. Yep. And so we had a lot of little turtle eggs that were full of all of these cool things like hot dogs. And that was Annie. <laughs> started to fill <laughs> the food sources. Yep. So that was, that was a We really had a nice whole feature. culture or, yeah, a whole civilization because it was, it was about a new world. So we had the beginning of the, the new world, but, you know, the process of how to survive and the sustenance and the, the transport. We had loads of elements of New World. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with um, developing the ideas and building it. That's cool. Um, was it a stressful environment to build in when you're on, you know, Lego Masters? Like as in, you know, because you've got time restrictions, was it stressful or were you just like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> So with the time restrictions, they were definitely stressful, but there was quite a considerable difference between the elimination builds and then just the fun builds. So the first two builds were just epic because everybody was getting along, we were all building amazing things. And yeah, we were freaking out about finishing them, but we weren't worried that we were going home. And then when it came to the elimination build, the energy completely shifted and everybody was like freaking out internally because everybody there was amazing. So anybody could have been going home. Yep. Yeah, you, for building in that sort of environment, you've really got to be at the top of your game because it is stressful yep. and you've got to make sure that you're focusing and being able to get things done and hope that nothing goes wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Lego. <laughs> Which we know all too well. <laughs> Lego is the, the thing that will go wrong. I mean, that's the thing. Oh, yeah. When you're at home, if it breaks, it's all right. You can just put it back together. If you're on Lego Masters and it breaks at the last minute, well, too bad. You're a bit screwed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <they'll... laughs> but even though it broke in the last minute, it was still so much fun and I'm so glad yeah. we did it. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Putting the... And we didn't, we didn't have to stress either. Yeah. Putting the stress aside, it was amazing fun. 
Yeah. It sounds like fun. Um, a little part of me would have wanted just to grab the head, just piss it across. You're like, ah! I know Runa and I did discuss doing a table flip <laughs> and pushing the whole thing off the table, yeah. which would have been extremely satisfying, yeah. but I don't think we would have been in, in a good, like, wouldn't have been a good ending for us. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid mermaid table flip. It would have been fabulous. Fabulous TV. Would have made brilliant TV. <laughs> <laughs> you would have been on a current affair. Uh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, girl, the girls that got grumpy at their Lego model. Um, so what or why did you both start your association with yellow ladybugs? Well, I'm interested. I'm interested in the yellow ladybugs. So I first heard about them through Brick Mansion. Yep. Um, and I guess for me it's interesting because... I've been on my own spectrum journey, kind of learning how I fit into the spectrum. Um, as an adult, uh, it's a little bit tricky to talk about autism and Asperger's and things like that. But a couple of years ago, I started reading about it and thinking, well, maybe I fit into the spectrum. Yep. And I kind of do. And so then being able to reach out to younger girls who may be going through the same issues that I did as a kid has been really fantastic. That's awesome. You're a great role model, Rina. I don't feel like a role model. <laughs> and, but especially in this environment as well, like, you know, you can actually reach out nowadays. Like when I was growing up, like, you know, we didn't really have the internet. I'm that old. Uh, <laughs> we had 386 computers, so it was a while ago. Yep. But it's great that girls have now got access to, like, you know, kids have now got access to this and... You know, that they're not alone and that there are these avenues for them. Yeah. There's a lot more support and there's a lot more understanding and it's finally accepted and people are willing to embrace it, which is what it really should be because it's, it's not a negative to be on a spectrum. It's just, you're just different. Yeah, I think so, there's, there's been a lot of positive strides, but I think there's still a long way to go in terms of acceptance. But I think it's a positive thing for everybody. So we talk about the neuro diverse community and I think it really helps people to understand other people and even if you're not on the spectrum just a little bit more empathy towards people that think differently to you is a great thing yep well that's it exactly and any you're a ladybug as well um is this for sort of the same reasons when I was at my sickest I remember being told as at 15 that I fit on the spectrum and you know 15 years ago, it wasn't really something that was talked that much about. So I just held on to it myself and persevered being an outrageously ridiculous human being. So now being able to connect through Lego with a group of people that would have been spectacular when I was young is really helpful to me too because I can be totally weird and it's totally normal. It is a community that embraces, isn't it? Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And we get to wear funky yellow t-shirts. Like, how could you not want to be a yellow ladybug? I wish I was. <laughs> um, I just no, I just keep thinking of um, what do you call it? Uh, a bug's life, Francis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched that movie in such a long time. Yeah, no, same. It just popped into my head. I was like. <laughs> Oh, you're a lady. Oh, no, my name's Francis. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And um, I, I ask everyone this because uh, I actually really do find it um, lovely to hear about um, just your fondest sort of memories of Lego. Because, uh, you know, I think everyone sort of has, you know, something that they're like, oh, you know, I remember doing this um, or, you know, my first set. It could be anything, really. It could be like I bought a set yesterday. But, you know, do you have a fondest memory of Lego? I think both Runa and I got into Lego as adults. Right, I was a, I was yeah. a tween. But so our fondest memories, well, my fondest memories are probably through yeah. recovery and knowing that I'm still alive. So I associate Lego with being yeah. living. And that's something that will always be really important to me. But I do have one really, really old memory from when I must have been a tiny little girl with my granny. And she had some of my uncle's old Lego and they had an old tram. And I remember being able to look at it and not touch it. (laughs) (laughs) And so there was always, you know, a little bit of Lego around. My brother had some, but it never called to me until I was a grown up or about to be a grown up. So, yeah. I associate Lego with life. I thought you were going to say, with do not touch. Mm. No. <laughs> and, do not, do not, and do not touch. It is not yours. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a rule with Lego, isn't it? If, you, if it's not yours, don't touch it. Don't touch someone else's mop. Yeah. yeah. It's a rule in this house. Don't touch Mama's Lego. It's Mama's Lego. It's not yours. <laughs> so. Does everyone in your house build or are you just uh, the, it's just, no, it's mine. My, my two-year-old yes. daughter builds. She loves Lego. And she's actually quite good at building gardens, which is slightly worrying because she's only two. But maybe I can do some, um, some videos with her of how to build Lego. <laughs> some girl power Lego videos. But my son is more interested in cooking and being creative Brilliant. and doing colouring things. He's not a Lego fanatic yet. I'll get there. I bought my husband his first Lego set when he was 40. Nice. Sweet. So you're trying to get the addiction around the house so that when you buy Lego, it's okay. Yeah. He's a closet AFOL at the moment. One day I'll bring it out of him. (laughs) (laughs) And yourself, Runa? I'm not too sure if I have one fond memory, but I think just playing with Lego in general is um, full of fond memories. Yep. Simply because for me, I find as an adult... Uh, being able to let your creativity run wild for a moment or put off the rest of the world and just focus on something that's not stressful, you know, it's not immediately demanding your attention. You can just have a little bit of fun. That's a great thing for me. I like you, how you said it's not demanding your attention. I'm the opposite. <laughs> My wife's like, get to bed. And I'm like, "It's what time is it? Two. Ah, oh, just a minute. Yeah. Two o'clock. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, more that you know, when you're playing with Lego or building with Lego, if you want to keep the play word, because you know it's kind of a childish thing, but yeah, you know, when you let your adult mind focus on something that's not an immediate stress, it's not something that's demanding you to deal with something. It's something that you can deal with in your own terms, and it's quite a good stress relief. Yeah. Oh, it is. Also, super fond memory of Lego. Is going on Lego Masters with Runa. <laughs> yeah, that's a fun memory. It's a fun memory. We'll have yes. that forever. <laughs> you would have learnt a lot just in that time in as well, like as in, 
you know, yeah, that's, that's, that's the incredible thing with every build, you challenge yourself and you learn new techniques and you learn how to create new things and you kind of learn what works and what doesn't work. So it's amazing just for that. Was there a lot of studying behind the scenes? <laughs> like as in you go home, and you're like, just keep building, just keep. <laughs> it was a bit of that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bit full on. It was the, how, how do we invent the following things? So let's uh, yeah. practice. So we had lots of tubs of Lego and we clicked a lot of bricks nice. at night time. Mm-hmm. It was a very, it was a very steep learning curve though. I think particularly for me and yeah. Annie, because we didn't have as much experience with building Lego behind us as some of the other teams, yep. but we certainly learned a lot and we took the challenges on and we just, you know, pushed ourselves to learn as much as we could. Well, even in your, your rock work looks pretty good. Cause I was actually looking up, I've got your Instagram up and I'm just looking at the mermaid and I'm like, that's rock oh, work. That's it. It can be hard. Yeah. It's a hard one to do, especially when you don't have that many like gray sized oh, slopes. Really? So there weren't, there weren't those bits. Yeah. There were quite a few bits that were not in the brick pit at all. So we had to improvise. And that's why a lot of, a lot of the models are quite blocky because they just weren't the, the customised or specified parts that you would wish for if you were doing rock work or scenery or things like that. Mm. But they didn't, they, you know, they wanted yeah. to push us and put us outside our comfort zones. So, mm. yeah, we yeah. worked with what yeah. we had. Cheeky. <laughs> yep. Get me my slopes. Mm. Uh. <laughs> Um, and I think we sort of touched on this one, but let's talk in Lego Masters. What were some of the biggest challenges you found building there, you know, that you guys faced? I think time management was my biggest challenge. Yeah. I have all of these beautiful ideas in my head and I don't realize it'll actually take three times as long as what I think they will take. Yep. So. Time management. Yep. Yep. Always need more time. There's, do you do you have that creative problem where you have a vision in your mind of what something should look like and then when you actually try and do it, you just can't make it look like the picture in your head? Every single day. Yeah, that's probably my biggest problem because the vision of what it should be is amazing and then my hands don't translate what my brain is saying and that's frustrating. The artist's curse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Actually... Um, that actually brings up a good question. How do you approach your building? Um, so like, as in for myself, I'll be like, oh, I want to build this. And then I just start, you, you sort of know where you're going to go, but I don't know what it looks like. Cause I, I, unlike, you know, how you said you have that, that vision of what you want it to look like and you know, and then you try and create to that. So I have a stupidly convoluted process when it comes to creating things, right? If I get an idea, I have this beautiful picture in my head of what it looks like. Then, then I work out what time of day I'll be able to build it based on feeding children. Then I have to clean a space. Then I have to sort the Lego. Then I have to specify the parts that I have. Then I have to try and map out what I want to do. Occasionally you draw something, you get an idea, then you sit down to start building and you have to stop because you have to actually have, you've got obligations. <laughs> when it comes to actually doing the things, you very often don't yes. get to do them unless you tell 
your husband that he has to deal with children for eight hours so you yep. can build something. <laughs> but, I'm such a man. Yeah. No. Uh, Process. <laughs> I, I, I basically go, honey, uh, I'm building for them, but I will look after the boy while you do some punch needling or whatever you need to do. <laughs> Split your time up. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yourself, Runa? How do you go about building? Well, I can take my Crystal Fox model as an example. Yep. Where I, I guess I needed to create an idea, but I wasn't even sure if I could create that idea in the first place. And so the first thing I did was research on BrickLink to see if the pieces that were available could actually be used to build something. And so I had a look through at all of the transparent, clear pieces that were on BrickLink. So what pieces Lego actually had made and what were available. And then I kind of used those as an idea to then um, construct my vision on how the model would look. And then I just ordered a whole bunch of pieces and then tried to stick them together to see if what I thought was right was right. And I was lucky it did actually work that time around. Because that can be a tricky thing is trying to get, um, you know, as Annie said, the idea that you see in your head to be realised with Lego pieces. And sometimes it doesn't quite look the way that you think it would because in your head you know you have these fantastic visions of you know oh the piece will sit up like this and then when you try and stick it together and you realize that gravity doesn't actually let you do that <laughs> but for me i just i enjoy using lego as an art medium so physically playing with it and trying to mold it to see what can happen and what does work yep and so for me that's that's where i find the fun in lego building is just moving the pieces around and then trying to see how they all fit together. Um, if the clear didn't work, you could have built a uh, Wonder Woman spaceship because <laughs> it's invisible. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I didn't know that Wonder Woman had an invisible spaceship. Yeah, she can fly, but she's got an uh, invisible jet. Oh, dear. I'm, I am a terrible nerd. <laughs> Go home and study, but I am home. <laughs> um, how have you got? How have you been finding lockdown? Have you been able to build more? Or again, I know Annie, you've been like my kids are at home with me. There is no. <laughs> yes, they are. My children are at home with me, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. I do not do anything other than bend to their. <laughs> <laughs> to, to their, their calls. <laughs> yep. I, I am as a humble servant to the children. Um, Runa, have you been able to build during this time or there's... No, I haven't really built with much Lego. I haven't bought much or I don't have much lying around. So I guess I've just been enjoying watching Lego Masters <laughs> building through my friends. I have secretly been like hanging out in the in the Lego aisles in Kmart and Target occasionally just to just to find good things that so what did I get? I got a ice cream yeah. truck the other day because I figured that I could just produce a whole bunch of food trucks, yeah. which would be fun. And um, I did go to the Lego store in Doncaster on a mission for minifigs and nobody knew who I was, which was awesome. So I could sneak in and get what I wanted and then sneak out. Are they Doing the mini, can you actually get the minifigs now? Can you? Would they? Season 20. Series oh, 20 oh, okay. was oh, yeah, in the sorry, boxes. The... 
special hand sanitizer so you could feel the packets and get the ones you wanted. So I was able to get the ones I needed. I got two peas and two llamas and a sombrero man. Uh, so I was yeah. quite satisfied with my mission. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I, yeah. Okay, yeah, the series, yeah. I've, I've tried filling in those bags and I'm terrible at it. Um, last but not least, how can people find you? On Instagram, you can find us. I'm T with Annie, and Runa is Lego Valkyria. <laughs> Can't spell that, but you can find her through my page as well yeah. if you want to. I'll link her everywhere. Um, we'll put it in the show notes. Uh, thank you very much awesome. uh, for the lovely interview. Uh, it's great finding out a little bit more about you and um, your journey. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you for chatting to us. Thank you, Greg. It's certainly been fun. It's a pleasure to talk Lego with you, Greg. Yeah, pleasure to talk Lego with you two ladies. And thank you and see you next time. Thanks for listening to For the Love of Brick. We have plenty of great interviews coming up. So if you like this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. And don't forget to tell your friends. If you want to drop me a line or see what I'm up to, follow me on Facebook, Insta, and Twitter. Happy building and remember, it's all for the love of brick.